Matthew 16, verses 21 to 23. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. This is the word of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, who for your sake and mine set his face to go to Jerusalem, dear friends in Christ. 494, 694. You know what those numbers mean? Any of you who live in the Twin Cities area or points west know exactly what they mean. That's the Twin Cities bypass. If you don't want to hack your way through the downtown area, you can go around. On the south on 494 or the north on 694, nothing could be easier. No stop signs, no traffic lights. You don't even have to slow down. It's a very easy way simply to bypass a place you don't want to go. Our text for today is about bypasses, or the lack thereof. Today we stand looking forward to the season of Lent, and we stand with Jesus as he looks to the final confrontation in Jerusalem, the final difficult journey that will end with his death for the sins of the world. The road to Jerusalem is dark and forbidding. Suffering waits there, and a cross. It would seem so much easier to go around, to bypass Jerusalem, if at all possible. At least that's the way Simon Peter saw it. But in this case, going around isn't an option. In our text for today, our Lord reveals that on the road to redemption, there is no Jerusalem bypass. The time was growing short for Jesus as the events of our text took place. He knew just as he had always known what was waiting for him in Jerusalem. Several times in the past, he had tried to prepare his disciples so that they would know the trial that was quickly coming up. He spoke to them in elliptical language, speaking of his body as a temple that would be torn down and then raised again in three days. But now was no time for hints. Now there was very little time left, so Jesus decided to tell his disciples plainly what was going to happen. He explained it in a kindly way, much as you would explain something to a very small child. He also tried to show them, though, that there was light at the end of the tunnel, that the end wouldn't be in Jerusalem, but that he would rise triumphant on the third day. But the disciples only heard the part about death, and they were stunned. As usual, Peter spoke up first, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. It was unthinkable to him that Jesus should go to Jerusalem and die. There had to be some way around it. Couldn't they hide out for a while? Wasn't there some way to bypass Jerusalem and maybe go back to Galilee where they'd be safe, where they had some supporters? Surely Jesus, with all his powers, could find some way to avoid this terrible danger. There had to be a way around, some way to bypass Jerusalem and the cross. 
But for Simon Peter, as for Jesus, there was no Jerusalem bypass. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. There's a fascinating Greek word in this sentence, the word for offense, which literally means a death trap. Jesus recognized Peter's sympathetic-sounding plea as what it really was, a trap cleverly laid for him by Satan. And it was tempting. How easy it would have been for Jesus to take the easy way out, to take the bait and agree with Peter. Yes, Peter, you're right. We'd have to be crazy to go to Jerusalem. They're waiting for me there. Let's tackle that one another time. But what terrible consequences there would have been to that decision. To leave the work of redemption undone. To lead, leave a world of sinners languishing with no hope of salvation. Jesus confronted the temptation and rejected it. He would go on all the way to Jerusalem, straight to the cross. And what about you? Are you willing to go to Jerusalem? Are you willing to take up your cross and follow Jesus there? Most people will say they are, but not many people really are. A lot of folks are perfectly willing to follow Jesus as long as they can bypass Jerusalem. That is, as long as they don't have to confront their own sin. I vividly recall one woman commenting on a Lutheran funeral that she had recently been to. She said indignantly, I didn't go to that church to be told I was a sinner. Lots of people say the same thing. People's natural impulse is to feel good about themselves, to think the best. They want to feel that their life, imperfect as it may be, is still good enough to pass muster with Almighty God, certainly a lot better than that rotten neighbor who lives next door to me. They want to be viewed as upstanding and righteous, but they'd rather not confront the subject of their own sinfulness. It's there at the cross that we see the true consequences of our disobedience. There in the tortured, agonized expression of our Savior on the cross, that's where we see the real penalty for the sins we've committed. The simple truth is that there isn't any Jerusalem bypass. We know the reason for the cross. It was your sins and mine that made the cross necessary. Jesus could have bypassed Jerusalem, no problem. He had many opportunities. But the good news of the gospel is that he didn't bypass Jerusalem. Out of love for you and me, he went straight on. He did the unthinkable. He sacrificed himself for us, the sinless for the sinful. Jerusalem was the place where Jesus, in his great love for us, became our substitute. The writer puts it so beautifully in that familiar Lenten hymn. What punishment so strange is suffered yonder? The shepherd dies for sheep that love to wander. The master pays the debt his servants owe him who would not know him. You may not have known him, but Jesus knew you, and he shed his blood willingly to pay your ransom. The writer to the Hebrews says, Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame. Through his blood, you are now redeemed, restored, forgiven. Jesus refused to go around. He walked straight down that dark road to Jerusalem. And because he did, the bright and joyous road to heaven now lies open before you. Minneapolis, St. Paul, Chicago, Seattle, San Francisco, Washington, D.C. All cities you can bypass if you want to. Just get on the ring road and go around. Nothing could be easier. Avoid all the hassle. But as we Christians approach Lent and look down that dark road to Calvary, we know that there's no Jerusalem bypass. Not for Jesus, not for Peter, and not for us. So let us willingly confess our sins. Let us willingly bear the crosses that a gracious God sees fit to lay on us in our lives. We needn't fear, for we know that Jerusalem isn't the end of the road. It is beyond Jerusalem where our true destination lies in eternal glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We conclude with stanzas 1 and 6 of hymn 151. 